Today's show took a weird turn when we started asking people about their family secrets. We got a lot of hot, juicy gossip on that one. Plus, how did Rachel's trip to San Francisco with complete strangers go? And the beginning of Cheers has a Midwest connection. All that's coming up right now on the podcast. Kelly Jordan. When we talked to Rachel on Friday, she told us this. I am a giant Lions fan, and I'm going to the game the thing is, she was going to go to the game with people she had never met before. Was going to fly to San Francisco with a bunch of strangers, go to a football game with a bunch of strangers, and stay in a hotel room with a bunch of strangers. Well, we got Rachel back on the phone with us right now. Rachel, I am so sorry that your team lost, but I am so happy that you are alive. <laughs> Thank you. It was not nearly as weird as any of us thought, but I mean, it was a little weird, but it wasn't weird, weird. Okay, so how did the plane trip go? I'm guessing that you were sitting near them on the plane out there. It wound up being a couple, actually. Okay. A married couple. Yeah, and uh, it started out pretty cool, and, you know, everything was fine. I mean, being in a hotel was a little weird, but (laughs) what are you going to do? No, it wasn't weird like that, but it was just, like, awkward because... Sorry, go ahead. Did well, you have a question? Well, I just—I I mean, I don't want to jump right to the hotel already. Like, so what was the game like? What? what how was the game? That's sitting very at, gentlemanly of you. <laughs> yeah, let's let's take this let's slow. Let's not jump straight to the hotel. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing for a while at the game, you guys were all hyped when you're ahead, and then you know ended up losing. But how was the actual experience? Oh, the game. Well, the game was the game, but uh, it was okay. But then, like, so she, they drank. You know, well, I drink too, but like, I'm a happy, fun, like, celebration kind of drunk. Okay. And they got a little like fighty, like pick on each other, bickering. Oh, that's fun. And that it was, yeah, it was, it, it was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it just kind of continued the rest of the night. And the thing is, is that we were staying together, and it just got epic. Like they just picked and fought and it was awkward So to just be a third party. Like, don't fight in front of me. So what did you guys do after the game? Did you go out drinking to drown your sorrows or what did you do? Well, that's the thing. We did have a couple more beers, but I mean, we're all kind of grown people. Um, and so we, we had some food, you know, and we had some drinks and then we all just went back, but like they, yeah, they just fought. It was awkward. That is awkward. So, Awkward 5,000, but that's what I get, you know, for going in a rando lion's trip. I mean, that, that's like the best that could have happened to me but what, <laughs> is that I got to, you know, couples that were fighting. Like, what were you doing while they were fighting? Just sitting there watching or trying uh, to watch TV or what? what? Did you go for a walk? I'm What'd you do? very good at entertaining myself. You know, Air Buds, you know, it's bad if I'm like watching TikTok and laughing while they're fighting, but like... <laughs> She can, she can entertain herself. <laughs> what what did what like how did it end then? Like how did the night end? Like they just fought and they weren't like making out well, then or anything, were they? End with any kind of um, coupling because I'd have known because I was in the same room. Yes, but uh, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of my childhood. Just lots of fighting <laughs> <laughs> and me pretending like nothing was happening and. You know, talking to myself. You must it, was, have, it was good. I'm going to talk to my therapist about it later. You must have grown up with parents like mine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Lion fans, good luck. Well, drunken arguers, but... Yeah, drunk arguing lion fans. <laughs> so let's rate this on a scale of 1 to 10. You know, take out the fact that your team lost and everything. How was it being in San Francisco with total strangers going, going to see a Lions game? The fact that I came out alive, unscathed, and pretty much undamaged, I'll give it a 
solid seven. Oh, wow. That's pretty high. I mean, I was there for the sports. The contest. Yeah. What? Now, will you ever talk to this couple again? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I'll pretend and I give them my number and then I'm like, new phone, who did? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. They'll be like, I don't know why she doesn't want to talk to us. I know, right? I now, thought we about- best friends. <laughs> Now, tell me this, though. Tell me this. So I know the Lions, it's been a long time since they even made it this far. So say they do it again next year and the same scenario pops up. Would you do that again? You know what? <laughs> I, I, I think I'll just be, like, forward thinking and just be more of an optimist and maybe plan ahead and just not do this again. <laughs> <laughs> Good plan. Good plan. Well, yeah, I just can't. Rachel, you are proof that prayer works because I prayed for you all weekend and here you are Monday oh, morning. <laughs> alive. And uh, thank you so much for letting us be a part of this. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for talking to me. Do you have a family secret that you did not find out until someone passed away in the family? They said, someone texted in and said, don't use my name. We learned my grandpa was in the CIA after he passed away. Whoa. That's a crazy family secret there. And I'm glad that I saw that part that said, don't say your name. Because I definitely don't (laughs) want to get that out in the wrong hands. (laughs) But you said that you found, okay, I'll just let you tell your story. I'm not going to try and say it was, but it had to do with your biological father. Technically, my mom kept who my biological father was from me until I was 11. Okay. But... Is it, I mean, was it because you were adopted or was it because, um, so my stepdad adopted me when I was four and I actually was in contact with my biological father, but I didn't know he was exactly my biological father until I was about 10, 11. Yeah. Like I, I knew he was a friend of the family. Like, like I, I didn't put two and two together and then, yeah, I found out after a visit with, um, him and my grandparents actually so did it come out by accident or they wanted you to know um kind of came out by accident i had accidentally called him dad after a really bad storm they had yeah and he was like okay whatever and i told my my parents and my mom got upset and then about a week later i was like he's my father isn't he i I knew that that my stepdad had adopted me like i knew that but i know who my biological father was and then yeah she told me so he was he was he like a friend of the family because he wanted to be in your life is that why he was kind of still a friend of the family yeah it was more of uh, my mom was in contact with his parents and wanted to kind of let me have contact with them okay so i would actually go go visit them in washington state two weeks every summer wow since i was like six yeah I would be the unaccompanied minor and would fly out there and spend two weeks out there and then come home. Man, that's an incredible story. Do you still have a relationship with him? He actually passed away a year after I found out. Oh, man, I'm so sorry for that. Yeah. it was That was kind of hard because I never really got to talk to him about that, about finding that out and stuff. So yeah. that, that was hard. But, but I had a good relationship with him all the way up until he passed. That's cool. That is an amazing story. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. All right, we're talking about family secrets. we got some texts coming in. 320-656-9453 is the phone number. This person says, don't use my name, but after my grandma passed, I found out I had a half-uncle by my deceased grandfather. My dad had known for over 20 years and waited to tell his siblings he didn't realize my grandmother would live till 101. That's a long <laughs> time to keep a secret in. Let's see. I, I'll, I'll leave all names out of this because I, these are family secrets. I just found out last year that 
I have a half-sister. My dad had a child out of wedlock 48 years ago, put her up for adoption, married my mom, had four kids, adopted a daughter, and now I found her. Whoa! That is just insane. We got a couple people sit on hold, want to chime in. All right, so you said that your ex-husband was kind of in that whole Jack Nicholson situation? Uh, So basically his... The my you know, ex husband's father, his mom, growing up was actually you know known to him as his sister. Uh, she apparently got pregnant. Her parents sent her away to have the baby, and then when she came back, they claimed that she had been helping someone else, and that the, they didn't want the baby, so she brought the baby home, and her parents adopted him as their son. But, Whoa. you know, you know how rumor mills, yeah, rumor mills go and everything. Once he got a little older, you know, the tongues were wagging. So he heard, you know, all the rumors that his mom was actually his grandma and his sister is actually his mom, but they would not admit it to, and, and they didn't because they were ashamed and they knew everybody knew. Uh, but yeah, he was totally screwed up. And even on their deathbeds, they refused to acknowledge that you know she had had that she was actually his mom so did he ever get confirmation from them no never ever got confirmation from his grandma mom sister mom you know kind of thing and they would never never confirm it but other people their relatives you know kind of you know said yeah that's the truth when was this like what year was this oh my god that was way back when i mean my ex-husband's mom is in her 70s now and his dad was probably close to 20 years older than her so okay isn't it crazy that back then they would rather destroy someone's life than admit yeah i got pregnant young out of wedlock yeah well thank you so much for the call all right hello what's your family secret oh my god you scared the crap out of me my bad did you not know i was gonna pick the phone up I was listening to the radio, and then all of a sudden it was like a really loud sound. Oh. Are you flying a Cessna right now? No, my car is really loud. Oh, okay. Well, what's up? We found out after my grandpa passed away that he was a sergeant in the military. So he never never talked about it? Well, we knew he was in Vietnam and, and everything, but we never knew that he was a sergeant, and nobody in the family knew until he passed away, and my dad told everyone. Oh wow! But was it, I, I wonder why he never brought it up? Um, well, I know he went through a lot of bad stuff in the military because he went through Vietnam and everything. Right. Uh, so he wasn't a real big fan of the government and whatnot. So he didn't really want to talk about it and bring up all those memories. So. That makes total sense. A lot of guys that went through that are like that, where they just don't want to ever bring it up again. Yeah, he had an instance too when he was in the military that he got shot. Oh. I don't really know the whole story. There's a few different stories out there. Oh, man. Yeah. Way, I I appreciate the call. You might want to swing by a muffler shop uh, in the near future, though. I'm hoping to buy a new car soon. All right. (laughs) Small town salute. This one came in from Trisha, who's a podcast listener in Luck, Wisconsin. She asked if we could give them a small town salute to a town that has a population of 1,100. And you know this song right here? Well, not Dina Carter, but Matraka Berg, who wrote this song, 
had grandparents who had a farm in Luck, Wisconsin. They say her summer visits there inspired her writing this song. Thank you, Trisha, for letting me know that, and thank you for listening to the podcast and letting us all know about Luck, Wisconsin, who gets today's small town salute. That was your small town salute with Kelly Jordan. Do you know a rich person in your life that's always asking for money? The reason why I'm asking this, and uh, Chelsea is joining me on the air right now. So Alyssa Milano is facing a ton of backlash because she created a GoFundMe page. Did you see this story to raise money for her son's basketball team trip? She's got so much money. Multi, multi millionaire. And she has 3.4 million followers on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. And she just got roasted for people saying, really? Like you're coming to us? Because you know, if, if, if it's her son's basketball Basketball team. Right, right. I'm guessing she's not the only rich parent on oh the team. Oh my gosh. So people are just saying, like, how in the world with a clean conscience can you go on uh, on X and ask people to donate on GoFundMe? Yes, for money. GoFundMe's are for, like, people who have serious medical conditions and right. things like that are hard times. It's not about basketball teams for your kids. When my wife when my wife was going through her cancer stuff, yeah. you know, the medical bills are just bonkers. It's it still insane. are. For the rest of my life, I'll be paying off medical bills. You know, I mean, it's just the way it goes. Right. Everyone was like, start a GoFundMe, start a GoFundMe. And I was like, nah, that's for, like, to me, that's for people who are really struggling. Yeah, you know? super hard up. Yeah. Luckily, I have a job. You know, my wife has a job. So it just didn't feel right for me to be doing that. But Alyssa Milano, it definitely ain't right for her to be doing uh, that. Cringe. Oh, this woman, we got a woman sitting on hold, knows a race car driver who's always asking for money. Oh, we definitely got to talk to her. All right. <laughs> if you can hold on one second, we'll get to your call next. Someone texted in. My grandpa used to say money is the root of every of all evil. The Bible says that, too. They said, I think anyone who has a lot of money, and I mean more than one person needs they have a lot of money because they spend everyone else's and they do their very best to never spend their own that very well could be my grandpa said that he's like you can't stay rich if you spend all your money they will take it with them to the grave before they use it to help someone else greed makes people never content while never thinking there's enough and always wanting more money is the root of greed and evil that's true and thank you for that lesson this morning on that one but do you know (laughs) someone with a lot of money now you said you know are you saw someone begging you know they had a lot of money what happened was in chicago and my wife was running a half marathon. Okay. And went into a restaurant. There was a guy sitting outside in raggedy kind of clothes. Okay. But I happened to look real close, and he was wearing Nike tennis shoes. Ooh. So I just kind of paid attention while she was running or whatever like this of what happened. The guy walked about four blocks from where he was. Right. At about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Took off the old shirt and put on a, a nice suit and tie. And was driving a Mercedes. Oh, yeah. I, where, I, where I was living for a long time, down in Austin, Texas, there is a lot of homeless people there. And you would see that all the time. You would see people panhandling at a busy intersection. And then, boom, they go get in like a Range Rover. So I saw it. And it made me callous to like give money to any homeless people. Because I was like, I don't know if you're actually homeless or if you're doing better than I am. There was a documentary on that where yeah. people could, that was their job, panhandling. Yeah. Uh, what did you say? Now, you know a race car driver who's always broke? What'd you say? I know a race car driver actually that is on um, line a lot, always asking for like cash donations and um, <laughs> things like that. But he has a really good job and he races two or three times a week. And yet he's not financially stable. He's always asking like Medica set up cash apps for him or you know some Facebook money or the set up accounts for him so people can make donations. And he always has sad stories. Oh, that's got to be just so annoying. 
And you know what? Like, if you could afford that, you could afford the minimal things in life. I get the things are expensive. Right. But race carring is definitely that much more expensive. Yeah, right. I, I know one person who's a race car driver, and it's an expensive hobby. But still, to be begging for money on social media... That's messed up. It's called sponsors. Get your sponsors for your car. Thanks for the call. Sometimes Ellie finds things interesting that uh, no one else does. And I mean no one. It's time for Maybe It's Just Me. Okay, I'm going to try and explain this, but it's a picture, (laughs) so I don't know how how well it's going to work, Chelsea. But but we'll give her a shot. Okay, so the beginning of Cheers, right? Yeah. You know there's all those old-timey photos and stuff? Well, when they come up on the photo that says John Ratzenberger, when it's under his name, right? Okay. It's four people sitting at the bar. The woman has a cigarette in her hand. One of the guys is doing a shot. Another guy's holding up a beer, right? (laughs) That picture was from a northern Minnesota logging town in Craigville, and it was taken in 1937. So it has a connection to the Midwest. It's part of a collection by the photographer Russell Lee. And it's hang or it's in the U.S. Library of Congress. That's not the only Midwest connection at the beginning of Cheers. The picture that they show when Woody Harrelson's name pops up on the screen is a photo that was taken in a Wisconsin logging camp. So Look two of the that. photos, two of the photos at the beginning of Cheers are from one's from Minnesota, one's from Wisconsin. I just thought that was kind of neat that that, that makes and I sense. didn't I didn't know that those were real pictures, like real. I, I guess historical photos like that they used in the actual beginning. Actual photos. Like I, I honestly thought because that one with John Ratzenberger, I always thought, well, that's supposed to be him in that picture. They found someone who looked like him, and turns out it's actually a real picture from back in 1937, taken in a Minnesota logging town. Look at that! Kelly. Unbelievable. And now, and it was hanging in Congress. Well, the li- the Library of Congress. The I don't Library know. How, I don't know how they, you know, they how they catalog them there, but it's so cool. And then they know that Woody Harrelson's is from a Wisconsin logging camp. I don't know. I find that super neat that those are actually real pictures and real people. I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch those episodes and I'm so, going to look real close. It's when John Ratzenberger's name pops on the okay. screen. That's the one with the four people sitting at the bar. So I would love to have, man, I would love to get that picture for my bar. That would be awesome, right? And Photoshop your face into it. <laughs> to, the, to the library of Congress. Wherever that is. I don't even know where that is, but we're going to find it. Now, maybe you didn't find this one interesting. It's okay if you didn't. Or maybe you're just like, what the hell is he talking about in a picture Cheers. on the radio? Just- but, yeah, watch the beginning of Cheers, and you'll see what I'm talking about. And you know what? If you don't like it, I don't really care, because I'm going to have another one of these for you tomorrow. And the day after that, I'm going to do them all five days this week. And if you don't like them, fine, because sometimes, <laughs> maybe it does make Here.